When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One of the most unpredictable women's World Cups. And we're here to talk about the latest drama, the latest news here on Kicked Back, presented by Betway. Caroline and Julia here with you. Julia, how's it going? Oh, it's going so good. We are getting into some exciting, exciting times in this tournament. I can't believe we're at the round of 16 already and so excited to chat about it. I agree. Now, before we get into the round of 16, we have to kind of talk about the last team or the last couple of teams that have made news, which is like Morocco going through into the round of 16, Germany being eliminated. I don't know if anyone had Germany being eliminated, which is crazy. I want to say, I'm going to give myself a pat on the back for this i had morocco going through and although it was like a whirlwind for them to get there uh we got to give them major you know a major credit major shout out so they were in their world cup debut they advanced after beating colombia 1-0 and germany tying south korea 1-1 which is crazy Mm -hmm. uh morocco is going to the round of 16 for the first time in their history they're also officially the lowest ranked team to advance to the knockout stage at the women's world cup so this This is an insane accomplishment for these women, uh, considering the fact that at the beginning, the group stage wasn't going the way that they had anticipated. You know, they kind of were thrashed a little bit by Germany, Germany starting off the tournament really well and didn't advance. And here's Morocco is not starting off the tournament so well and now celebrating their biggest win in their women's program in their entire history. So Julia, what were your thoughts when you watched this game? How do you feel Mm -hmm. right now? And it's just insane what's happening. It's so insane, but also so amazing on so many levels. I mean, sure, you have to feel sorry for Germany. They're two-time World Cup, Women's World Cup champions. Everybody probably had them going through. They're ranked second in the world due to FIFA rankings. But wow, just watching this, you know, final day of the group stage on Group H, my blood was pumping. I know it was early in the morning for us, Caroline, but I remember my heart was just beating. And I was like, oh my gosh, Germany are going home. These two teams are going through Colombia, Morocco. Amazing, amazing storylines, but also have to give shout out to Korea here. That's the first time they opened the scoring in their whole Women's World Cup history. So amazing, amazing storylines from every single team, this Women's World Cup. But wow, I am so proud of this Moroccan team. I can't say 
enough amazing things about them, what they're doing on the pitch, what they're doing off the pitch to inspire the next generation. I'm so happy this tournament is now expanded to 32 teams. We are finally seeing different countries rise on the world stage and I just oh, I just have so much excited energy going through me right now. I'm so excited to see what they do in the round of 16. Well, a big topic of conversation at this Women's World Cup is that for a while, the North America's kind of dominated football, especially in the women's space. And mm-hmm. now it seems as though the rest of the world has been catching up. And we've seen now for the first time in Women's World Cup history, three African teams are in the knockout stage. So now we have mm-hmm. South Africa, Nigeria, and Morocco Amazing. all advancing into the round of 16 which is an amazing accomplishment. And you start to look at these, these countries that maybe not a lot of people paid attention to or assumed that they would advance. They're advancing while we have top tier teams. Like I have the stat here, number two, Germany, number seven, Canada, and number eight, Brazil eliminated. When I grew up watching this sport and when I grew up playing this sport, these were the heavy hitters. You know, these, these were the countries and you can throw the U.S. in there and we know that the U.S. have advanced. But we talked about this on our on our last episode, maybe not the best display of football from the American women. And maybe they're going to progress here in, in, in a bit and find their stride. But as of now, not the best football. But you're starting to see a number 72 Morocco, mm-hmm. a number 54 South Africa, a number 43 Jamaica. Make some noise, make some waves and prove a lot of people wrong on the biggest stage in the world. Yeah, these teams 100% deserve to be here. They stepped up to the occasion and that cannot be understated. Like it is incredible. They deserve way more respect. Like we're talking watershed moments. We're talking barriers have been broken. This is such a moment for the future. They're defying all odds really to be here. And these storylines are so heartwarming and you can see it on the emotion of the players, how much this means to them to be here. And these teams, they're, they're great. You know, they obviously are taking some of these big teams to the table here, Germany, Canada, Brazil, and I don't know, it begs the question, how, how does rankings now, is there going to be changing in the ranking system? I don't really know, but Amazing. Amazing. 72. Morocco did not look like a 72 ranked team out there. If you're a Canada, a U.S., a Germany right now, Brazil, are you going back home and are you going back to the drawing board and saying we need to start looking at doing things differently because... Like what we can take Canada, for example, you know, we were in a group which people are calling the quote unquote group of death. But when you're reigning Olympic champions and you're ranked seventh in the world, this is a country that should have advanced from the group stage. So are you going back to that drawing board saying we need to really shift things around and really find out what works to now start competing at the world stage? Because hmm. we're no longer yep. maybe considered the top dogs. We might be just in the mix of it all. Mm -hmm. I absolutely agree with that point, Caroline. I mean, you got to go back now and again, have to hold your heads high. You know, they came and they represented their country at the World Cup. That's just an accomplishment in general. But at the same time, old tactics are not working anymore. You can't rely on the same players. You you can't rely on the same tactics. You got to switch it up. You got to find new creative tactical approaches to things because you know some of these african teams for example even the caribbean teams in jamaica they play differently 
differently than what a Brazil would play, than what an England would play. And it's all about creating now these different game plans and tactics for these different nations that certain countries are not used to playing against. And it's um, a very exciting time of transition, perhaps. You know, what I've noticed a lot is sometimes these big countries, like when you hear Alexandra Pop with mm-hmm. Germany and, you know, you have Marta and, and Ari Borges with Brazil, um, you know that there's an immense amount of skill and immense amount of talent. Sinclair with Canada, you, you know that there's the players are there and the talents there. But what I really love to see, especially at this Women's World Cup with these underdog teams is their heart and their drive and their mentality in these games are superior to sometimes mm-hmm. these more talented sides and yeah. sometimes grit and hunger and hard work. And that, that desire to really win and accomplish history is what will get these teams past these larger teams, these teams that are expected to win, you know? Yes. So I, I find that to be very incredible because it's their mentality that's pushing them through. I was so proud of Jamaica uh, against Brazil to hold off a number eight Brazil, a, a country that is considered to be one of the best co- nations in football on both the men's and women's side and Jamaica making an immense amount of history at this women's world cup. And it's just that sheer determination. And I'm not saying Brazil doesn't have that, but sometimes when one team is just finds that extra notch, you know, we, I think Australia found it against Canada. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, Ireland and Australia, what Ireland has done at this women's world cup stands out to me, even though they didn't advance that sheer determination, that physicality, that aggressive style of play. They Mm -hmm. played for their country. They played for each other. Sometimes that's missing for me in these top dogs. That's missing for me with this U S women's national team. And I love to see, and I love to see it from the underdogs. Exactly. And I mean, this is also just a forewarning, like my personal opinion and experience, but I love what you're mentioning, you know, about not seeing that from the United States women's national team, because for me personally, I see somebody like Alex Morgan, she's kind of like this untouchable figure, for yeah. example, in football. And that that's great. She's a fantastic player, obviously so much skill, highly decorated. But I think a lot of people, you know, for me, I put her on a pedestal. I don't know if I can necessarily relate to her. Um, from a humanizing aspect. And we talk about the humanizing aspect of players a lot before, but I can relate now. I can feel obviously not going through the same experiences, but certain emotions, for example, Linda Casado and Bunny Shaw, some of their moments that they've gone through in their personal life, their troubles, their woes, you know, my family, we have a few people who have had cancer, of course. So we know what that's like. And just having, I think, a little bit more of a humanizing aspect relating to some of these underdog teams. It's like, you know, Noelia Benzina, people seeing her wearing her hijab, like young girls are going to be like, that's me. And therefore, it's sort of like we root for them because we see ourselves in this team, in these players, these underdogs that maybe some people can't relate to with For example, teams, I'm not trying to generalize, but teams like United States, where they're just being on the top, these sort of untouchable figures, right? So I think this humanizing aspect really plays a big role um, in the future of the sport as well. You know, and... and I'm of the opinion that no matter how big you are, how big of a superstar you are, how big of a footballer you are, how talented you are, how much coverage you get, you still have to work your ass off, Mm -hmm. you know? And and that's what I love about on the men's side, personally, personally, Messi and Ronaldo is that these guys are, you know, Ronaldo's 38 years old Mm -hmm. and people don't realize how difficult it is 
for him to do what he does and the discipline it takes every single day. He doesn't have a cheat day. He doesn't have a cheat meal. He's constantly working out. You hear Erling Holland spends eight hours in rehab after a game. Mm -hmm. He's getting ice baths. He's getting recovery. He's working with the physiotherapist. This is what it takes to be the top athlete and not only the top athlete, but to maintain that consistently because just like if you reach it doesn't mean you're going to be there forever. And I'm not saying that that's Alex Morgan because Alex Morgan has accomplished so much. She has worked so hard for everything that she has. You can't deny that from her. The the woman made the, some of the biggest noise ever in women's football. And and I respect her so much for that. But at this woman's world cup, I'm like, Ooh, like, I don't know if there's like a, a disconnect in the team dynamic for the U S women's national team. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You know, there's said to be a lot of drama with their coach. We just don't know, but I want to see more, you know, I want something I can get back to. And I I want something that's, Oh, I don't know if this is unfair. I don't know. Yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. It's not interesting to me. It's not interesting. I I agree. I I just, I feel like with, no, you're right, Julie. I feel like I want to plug the U S women's national team, like into an outlet and give them like some like energy. (laughs) Meanwhile, while I'm watching Columbia, you mentioned Linda Casado, you know, when I'm watching Jamaica, I'm, I I can feel that from them. And I think that if the U S is able to kind of channel that now and maybe go into that different direction where we see that energetic Alex Morgan, you know, a leadership quality from Sophia Smith, you know, if Rapino comes on, she's now like the veteran, the most experienced player, she Mm -hmm. recharges this team. So it becomes a little bit more relatable. You know what I mean? And and yes. maybe we start, you know, feeling like it's a team of the past. But I'm 100% with you. I think that when you hear these stories of these underdog teams, it's very natural. And to see how hard they're working for it and to see the history that they are completing in their program and for their country. It's so hard to not want to root for them because you know how much the moment means for them. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't, I, I no, don't want to assume, I don't want to assume this about the U S but it's almost mm-hmm. like the U S has been like, we've been here, done that. You know what I mean? It, it totally feels right? like that. Okay. This is going to sound weird, but I kind of forgot they were even competing in this women's world cup because there's so many storylines from these other nations. There's so many incredible goals, incredible moments from other countries. And I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, the United States is here, too. Versus before, they were the ones all eyes were on. But now the eyes are on other teams. Yep. Um, you know, other players are scoring outstanding goals. For example, Marta Cox, that free kick goal was beautiful. And that's what's covering the news, social media. I haven't seen really much about this U.S. team on social media other than the fact that they're not in top form. It's wild. Uh, Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Okay. So we're on the same page there. And you mentioned one name in particular on Morocco, which I want to bring up again. We did an entire episode. It feels like on Nawalia Benzina, Mm -hmm. who was the first player to wear a hijab at the, at the world cup. You talk about Morocco defying all odds and breaking these barriers. And I think it's very important to note that they have done this from a personal perspective and from a football perspective that this team, the courage that they're displaying on the pitch and off the pitch and how they're staying true to who they are deserve such recognition. Cause that's something that is very, very notable in this, in this world cup. And I think that uh, the strides that this team has made, uh, w- whether you're, you know, a young girl watching this on your television and you want to play football or you don't 
a Nawalia Benzina could be, you know, yeah. an idol for, for someone for many different reasons. And, you know, now it could be, wow, I could advance with Morocco at the world cup too. Or, you know, if I want to wear my hijab here, I have the confidence to do that. And I just think that from a personal perspective and from a sports perspective, what Morocco has done is really, really incredible and very admirable. It's so incredible, Caroline. It's so admirable. And Oh man, both on and off the pitch, just incredible yeah. storylines. It's almost like I'm at a loss for words, just at how truly profound this moment is. And I can't say this enough. Like this is a turning point. I truly believe I can feel it in my bones that this is a huge turning point. And I really hope we see more people, men, women, girls, boys, whoever get the confidence just to be themselves, be who they are, whether it's from a sports perspective or not. It's like, we're starting to break down these barriers. Finally, albeit there's, you know, lots of progress that still needs to be made. But again, the courage, the bravery that Benzina would have had to have to go out there, play her game, represent yep. her team, her nation, and know that all eyes are on her, know that she's going to be scrutinized, whether it's good or bad in the media. I give so much respect to her. Absolutely. I totally agree. And we'll finish the Morocco conversation here. Just want to also give a shout out to the men's side because they were mm -hmm. the first African and Arab nation to reach the semifinal and in, in World Cup history. So just what they're what the men's side did ultimately finishing fourth at the world cup and then hear what the women are doing you're mm -hmm. just again from a general perspective you're starting to see the rest of the world catch up to these so top cool. dog nations and i love you know that you're seeing it as a as a in general from Morocco as a whole. And I think that says a lot about like what they're doing there and, and how much support they're getting there. And I guess just the waves that they're making for all of the young boys and young girls who, you know, can resonate with this conversation. So just an incredible feat for Morocco. Like if you think no. about how cl close the two world cups are and what that nation has done, it's really, it's just, it's crazy in the best way possible. Totally. I'm, I honestly kind of wish I could travel to Morocco amidst this time and just be there amongst the people and the culture and just experience, I'm sure, just this great sense of pride that's going through. And yeah, major, major credit. Okay. Germany. I feel like we need to give oh, Germany yeah. some attention oh yes. because ranked number two in the world, a team that a lot of people, again, when I was growing up, I was like, Germany is the team. I played against Germany. And I said on yep. this podcast, they're a team that when they're in form and they're on their day, you don't want to play them because they're, they're very clinical. And, and, and I, I said, low key ruthless. Like when they take a shot, yeah. it's like, I want to shoot this with everything that I have. And I want to score this with every ounce of power that I have or precision. They're just, they're <laughs> very clinical. And I'm just kind of really shocked. I mean, we, we watched their first game against Morocco, six nil, a yeah. thrashing. Then they lose to Colombia two one, which was a crazy game. Mm -hmm. And here they are against South Korea in a, in a game where I think they only had to draw yes. uh, or sorry, they, they only had and they then had to win. Yeah. Also depended on though, how the Morocco Colombia. Yes. Went. 
Yes, so exactly. Can you imagine the shock? Yeah, that they I know. Through? Wow. It's just wild to me that, again, that's how they started. And I'm going to say yeah. this again. This is what I mean. When you have a very good first game or first couple games, if you don't maintain that level of excellence, this isn't a tournament where you can let it slip because crazy things happen. And I think sometimes it's almost harder to start out hot out of the gate and maintain that where, you know, sometimes your first performance, your second performance, it's not the best, but you did what you had. You, you finished your business. You did what you had mm-hmm. to do to advance. And then you start progressing. This is why I'm very curious to see how Japan does. Um, I think Very that cool. Japan is still one of my favorite teams, but I'm like, how do they keep it going? Cause that's going to be, that's going to be something interesting for me to watch. But yeah. Germany, Oh, they're eliminated. They're second I, in the world. Like, I can't believe how that. are they I, feeling? Oh, they, I don't know if they're more shocked or if they're more heartbroken, confused, angry. Like I have no idea what must be going through their head. And I, again, I truly don't think anybody saw this coming, especially considering their standout performance at the beginning. They were clean, crisp, creative. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, this is the Germany we know and love. They're going all the way, that kind of thing. I'm like, geez, I really spoke too soon. And it's this exact same story we saw with Brazil coming right out the bat. Incredible football, basically just putting themselves out on the world stage, solidifying their spot in the top 10 in the world. And it slides away. And you have to wonder, like, why did this happen? Was the focus not there? Were these other teams just rising to the occasion? Like, I don't really know if you can speculate what happened, but I personally didn't see this coming. Oh, my gosh. Alexandra Pop, after the game, she won the player of the match looking I don't know really what the emotion was, if it was anger, shock, frustration, upset, probably all of the above. I could not imagine what it would have been like for those German players to put their head on the pillows at night going to bed. I think they were probably just flummoxed. I think they probably thought they were going through no problem, especially beating Morocco 6-0. Now Morocco's going through. Wow. What a storyline. I love that you brought up that Alexandra Pop picture because if anyone listening hasn't seen it, please just do a quick search of she won player of the match. And it's interesting because Kai Havertz and Alexandra pop both won player of the matches when Germany was eliminated at the world cup in that Mm -hmm. match. Mm -hmm. So their faces, there's a side by side (laughs) photo of Havertz and pop and they just Mm -hmm. look distraught. They're like, what is life? We, we just won player of the match, but we're going home. Like we don't want this. Like we go, we're going home. And you got to feel for Alexandra pop because I, I, read this one tweet. I think that this is very interesting to note. So Alex Pop scored six goals in five games at the Euros, left empty-handed, scored in UWCL quarterfinal, semifinal, and final, left empty-handed, scored four goals in three games at the Women's World Cup, left empty-handed. So That's got to hurt. That's got to hurt because you think you'd look at someone like Alexandra Pop and she's doing what she can, and it's got to hurt to kind of take those L's and Mm -hmm. win that player of the match, do what you can for your nation but it's just the it, it's like a disconnect between what she's doing and and how germany finished off this women's world cup oh i know and i mean pop she's an incredible player she's a dialed in player she's aggressive but oh gosh i don't know i don't know what happened 
I'm I am again just speechless. I feel so terrible for her as well. I know. But then on the other hand, feel so incredible for Morocco. So it's like such a weird feeling. But for her, just knowing what she's accomplished in this game, how she's continuing to be fairly lethal in all these different leagues, you know, domestic club and international football. I feel for her. I thought she was somebody who was probably going to win the golden boot or had a chance of winning the golden boot for sure. And now here, here she is eliminated. I just can't imagine the heartbreak because you have to remember too, like, this is not like it's, I don't know, the premier league or the NWSL where the championship comes around once a year. I got to wait four more years for this opportunity. And these players, like, I mean, of course, it's, I don't know if this is like (laughs) obvious, but they're four years older. They're not going to be the same player they were. Like their bodies are going to change. They're going to be different. The team's going to change, potentially management change. So you never know how your international team's going to do. And it's like, this moment was over. This moment is over and they had a real shot going into this and now it's gone. So that's got to be really devastating. Well, I love that you mentioned that because I just checked her age and she's 32. So maybe she hangs on for one last World Cup, maybe the Olympic Games. But it's just, yeah, like you would, she's in stride. You know, she could yeah. have gone on to compete for the Golden Boot at this Women's World Cup. We know that she has it in her. You know, Lena Oberdorf on Germany, one yeah. of my favorite young talents. She's 21 years old. There's just, there are players on this German team to take them to that level. Absolutely. But this is just, this one has been a tournament of, of complete uh, shock uh, across the board and where I feel, I don't want to use the word humbled, but where these Mm -hmm. big, big, highly ranked countries have been low key humbled in the sense that you can't just get by on the fact that you are Germany, you are Canada, you are Brazil, and you possess, you know, the, the history that you do at these tournaments, you have to put in the hunger, the work, the, the 90 plus minute performance, every single game. Mm -hmm. If not, you might be going home. Oh yeah. You have to bring your A game 100% of the time. You can't let it slip for one second. And again, I just think the whole world of women's football, as we know, it is changing and it's so cool to be part of it, but also it feels so weird that we're not going to be seeing some of these teams move on, but I think it's also an opportunity. So I'm very excited. Okay. Round of 16 predictions, the last five minutes of our show, let's kind of go through what we think is going to happen. So first up we have Spain and Switzerland. Your predictions for this game? Oh my gosh. I, I think this is actually going to be a great game, but my gut tells me that Spain's going to go through. I think because, well, they didn't have a great performance against Japan and they're going yeah. to know that was a bad performance. So they're going to want to jump back um, to that. Spain, though, experienced side clinical lethal when they're on i think they're a team though that's going to come into the knockouts knowing it's a do or die so i don't know i'm still going to say spain i feel the exact same way as you julia i think that i heard a quote i think from spain's manager saying that they were spain was extremely embarrassed and upset after that game against japan and sometimes when you have these little wake-up calls uh or you know a light bulb goes off in your head you come out extremely prepared in the next game and i think spain has the talent to absolutely do that and also the experience in like let's say as a leader for uh in a leader like alexia puteas who kind of rallies the team together and says this happened let's just chalk this up 
up to a horrible day against a very good team. And now we need to kind of regroup and rep- represent our country in a different, you know, back to the way that we know we can. Uh, but Switzerland, topping Group A. Exactly. Uh, so, you know, this also could be it could go either way. Switzerland mm-hmm. above Norway, you know, New Zealand and Philippines getting out of the group stage, but this wasn't an easy group either. So I think this no is going to be a very good game, but I do think, you know, Spain pushes it out in the end, but mm-hmm. for anyone listening presented by Betway, if you're putting bets, this could go either way, in my opinion. Oh, 100%. And I think a lot of these round of 16 games are actually going to be very close. It might only be decided by a goal or two or a penalty or a lucky moment right till the end. I honestly don't know. So I think we're in for a real treat. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Okay, now we got Norway and our and our World Cup favorites or one of our World Cup favorites, Japan. Yeah, I mean, my gut still has to say Japan. If they can keep up with their clinical play, their precise play, I just think this team has so much momentum right now. They're playing in top form. I personally don't see them dropping the ball. Touch wood, but who knows? Um, yeah, I think... It'll be a great game as well, but I think my my gut says Japan. Yeah, I can't root against Japan again. It's a tough thing to do to build on every performance when you're playing 10 out of 10. But if they're in form and they know how to stay consistent, I think that this is a team that can absolutely go all the way. Like I said, one of my favorite things about this Japanese side is how quick they are in transition, not only in terms of their ball movement, which is actually exquisite, but Mm -hmm. mentally, how they're mentally able to pick up their head and say, oh, okay, this player's here and I'm going to play this fantastic fantastic ball through and then we're going to score three goals on three Amazing. attempts like you, you th- these are things where yeah they're you know they're they're so good so i'm very excited but norway i gotta give credit i was at some point at the beginning of the world cup i'm like norway's not gonna get out of the group like low-key they were so bad in that mm-hmm. opening game against i believe new zealand yeah um yeah. so they were so lackluster to me and i'm like this is a team that kind of was embarrassed in the euro and now they're here at the world cup and they have 
so much to prove and they just weren't giving that for me. But you have to give credit that they did what they had to do to get out of that group stage. I just don't know if they have what it takes against almost what I want to call this fearless, absolutely fearless Japanese side. I don't. And they're like impenetrable too. their defense. Their back line is like a literal gate. Yes. They haven't conceded at all this tournament. They're crisp. They're tight. They're smooth. I don't know. It's going to be a tough one for Norway, but we'll have to see. Yes, 11 goals scored in the group Amazing. stage round for Japan, zero conceded. Just a, a, a team that is uh, consistent and tactically organized from top to bottom. So we'll see if they can keep that going now in the knockout stages, but my money would go on Japan. So I agree with you there. Netherlands, South Africa. I'm. <laughs> this one's interesting. I'm very. Uh, I can't decide because I, I like to pick upsets too, and I feel like this could be an upset. Obviously, South Africa. Um, you know, winning the Africa Cup of Nations. You know, making history there, and then coming into this Women's World Cup, first ever win, first ever knockout stage. I wonder if momentum plays into this game for them because momentum is huge in tournaments. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're rolling with this beautiful vibe that they have with their singing and their dancing and mm-hmm. all of this unbelievable energy that they've picked up and they've, they've carried into this women's world cup. I wonder if that plays into this game for them against the Netherlands. I think it can certainly play a factor. And I mean, I would love to see a great game all around, but you have to kind of wonder, I don't know what will be going through the Netherlands players, but are they kind of thinking, Oh, we're playing South Africa. They're one of kind of the upset teams, or are they thinking, no, we need to take them just as seriously as if we were playing like a Germany, for example, if they were making it through, I don't know, but it's sort of like they're the underestimated team here, South Africa. They have nothing to lose. So I bet they're Mm going to go out there and play the absolute game of their lives. I think the vibes are going to go a long way, to be honest. I could see this one almost ending in like a nil-nil draw and having to be decided through penalties, extra time. I can kind of see that happening. I could see that too. Or I could see maybe a a, a one-nil game for the Netherlands. I'm looking at their their game. So 7-0 against Vietnam for the Netherlands, 1-1 against the U.S., and 1-0 against Portugal, which again, this Portuguese side, guys, if you watch them play, don't let these stats deter you from understanding how good this Portuguese team is, especially considering it was their World Cup debut. I can't wait to see them in future tournaments when they have a little bit more experience under their belt and when they get that clinical striker. But the Netherlands played very hard teams and they did. I do think that, you know, they're a strong team. Their coach is obviously <laughs> fierce. <laughs> I, we know that, you know, he's not afraid to to say what he wanted to say. So I think that this is a tough team, mentally tough as well. I think if they, I think if they continue playing like they did, they could push past this South African side, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. No, I don't think it's going to be a blowout either. And Netherlands, they have more experience on the international stage too. So maybe that's going to play a role. I don't know, but I really think it's, I genuinely think it's going to be a tight game. Yeah, I agree. Sweden versus the United States. Uh, This is, I, again, I, I think the stat was, this is the seventh time they are meeting at the world cup, which is the most any two teams have ever played each other in, in women's world cup history. I wonder if world cup history in general, because that's crazy. Uh, So lots of history here between these two teams. Uh, You mentioned Julia, that this is 
Sweden knocked the U S out at the Olympic Games. So there's, there's the storyline for the U S where they're like, we want to take revenge. Can they do it considering how they've been playing? And for Sweden, you know, they lost that opportunity to win gold at the Olympic games. And now they probably just want to go on and win the world cup. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot to fight for, for both of these countries. There's so much to fight for, for both of these countries. And I think that's, what's going to make it so great. You have to wonder too, does this U S women's national team, do they know they're not in top form? Like I'm sure they do obviously, but like, is that going to come into play where they're like, guys, if we don't have our top performance here, we are leaving. Like we're not getting the three peat here. So there, I do see a possibility of this States, you know, team going through and all of a sudden shocking everyone and playing like their usual selves. However, I don't know. Considering their form, I, I'm going to have to say Sweden. I'm going to have to say Sweden tops this one because the United States haven't shown their usual spark. They haven't shown the creativity. And if you're not keeping up with this momentum, like where are you, where are you finding that from? Where are you drawing from this pool of spark of creativity? And I think Sweden's on a roll. I'm sure they're probably kind of like, are you serious? We get the United States in the round of 16. But ultimately, like I, I think if Sweden continues with how they've been playing so far, and so does the United States, it's going to go to Sweden. Yeah, I have such a hard time with this, too, because I know that the U.S., in their somewhere deep down in their heart of hearts, they have the game to, to yep. finish teams off. Yeah, If they can find it. Uh, they can win this game. They can win the whole tournament. Right now, we haven't seen that. That's been the Mm -hmm. whole point of controversy with this entire, through this entire World Cup with this team. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think that they are experienced. They have some experienced players enough to know that now they're in the stage of like, we need to go, you know, balls out right now to, to, if not, we're going home. Mm -hmm. But we just said, like, are they in the mindset of like, we've been here, done that, like, cool, you know, whatever. I don't know. I I have to agree with you. I think this is Sweden. I think this isn't going to be a blowout. I think that this is going to be a game where Sweden pushes it out. And I think that if it goes the other way, we're going to start. This will be a turning point for the U.S. Absolutely, Caroline. Yeah, this one's tough for me because it can go really either way my gut saying Sweden, but if the U S pulls through, which I really, really think that they can, you just have to Mm -hmm. find that switch to turn it on. Now we're going to see the turning point for the U S women's program. Yep, definitely. I think pay attention to the first, probably 15 minutes of the game. That's going to say a lot (laughs) of how these teams are coming out. We'll we'll have to see if United States is on their game could go their way. Who knows? Julia, you're not going to like me. This is my upset of the round. Okay. Of I have I Nigeria. I think Nigeria is going to, is going to upset England I'm here. Oh, so scared. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my gosh. I, I think it's possible. I'm my bias obviously says the lionesses are going through. They've slowly come into this tournament here. They obviously had a very dominant showing in their final match of the group stage. But Nigeria would be opponent. I would be very scared of playing. They are strong. They have the momentum as well, like we talked about with South Africa. They're coming in here with outstanding players, with outstanding grit and heart and drive. They're not going to care that they're playing England. They're going to be like, we deserve to get through. We got here, so why can't we get through? I don't know. I'm I'm actually low-key like shaking in my boots. <laughs> So no one get mad at me for saying this because I think England 
is one of those teams that's progressing. Like I think they're getting better and better each game, which is, is something that's hard to do at this tournament. And I think that, you know, their last game, especially they're scoring these goals, which is huge. Momentum is huge in these tournaments. England can absolutely win this game, but I always like the juicy picks and the juicy upsets. Nigeria. Let's not remember how group B let's not forget how group B played out when the final day of group B the action was happening was the final games. The standings were Nigeria one, Canada two, Australia three. And who was the fourth team? Ireland. Yeah. Ireland was in fourth. So the way it panned out was that Nigeria had done enough to get out of the group, but then Australia finds a way to upset Canada. Nigeria ties Ireland. So Nigeria ends up going through second, but mm-hmm. This is a team that a lot of people didn't have going through. I know I didn't get Nigeria through and they, sh- they could have easily topped group B. I think uh, it's just, yep. yeah, that final day of action for group B was absolutely insane. The way it played out mm-hmm. um, because then it was Australia topped the group. Nigeria came second, Canada's out and Ireland's going home, which we already knew. So it's just crazy what Nigeria did. Oshawala, one of my favorite players oh. considered widely considered to be one of the best strikers in the world, mm-hmm. nominated for a Ballon d'Or place for Barcelona. This is some, one that England can't take lightly, but what really mm-hmm. stands out to me about this Nigerian team, especially in that game against Canada, they are physical and they oh are gosh. tough and their backline handled their mm-hmm. business. I, I, again, I don't think that this is a country that would look at a Canada or an England and be like, Ooh, we're taking on, you know, one of the best teams no in the world. They're probably saying, I mean, I'm going to assume just based on the way they play, we're now going to upset England. We already upset teams. Yep. Now now England's next to check off. They're not afraid of the top dogs. And this is a game where, again, not, not taking anything away from England, because I think England, no, could no, win, no. England could win this entire tournament. And and I think that they're, you know, they've been doing very well at in, in at this mm-hmm. World Cup. But there's something about Nigeria where I, I don't want to count them out just yet. No, I think Nigeria, though, Nigeria's very strong, very physical and aggressive defense. Maybe it's a bit too much for um, England's attack. Obviously, England had an exceptional um, goal differential in their last game. But historically, they haven't been that good lately at finishing their chances on attack. And I just think... If England can't figure out how to beat that, like there's no way they're going to beat this Nigerian team. And it's I hate, I hate exciting. to do this to you. I hate to do this. Totally to you, but I'm going to say Nigeria one, nothing one nil. Oh man. Okay. Okay. I'll go the opposite then. Okay. England one nil, but okay. my, I have to say that being an England fan as well, but yeah. my, my guts actually kind of saying Nigeria is going to take it. So Sorry, we'll family. see what this is. This is the beauty of the <laughs> Women's World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Australia, Denmark. Denmark, my kind of dark horse of this World Cup, and I'm proud of them because, um, yeah, they 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 had to do a lot to get out of the, that group stage and gave England right. They played yeah. England right. Yeah. I, 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 it's, we're at the point now where I'm like, oh, I know. Who, what group who played who yeah they they run for their money i I really commend australia for getting out of that group stage especially topping it like i said they were going into that last match day third in the group not advancing to top of the group that's not easy to do (laughs) no way they have a lot of mental toughness and a lot of great players we talked about rasso and 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 many others but 
again, I, I, I have this feeling about Denmark. I, I hate to say this, but I have a feeling Australia's World Cup ends here and, and Denmark pushes through. But the last time I put all my chips on Denmark was in the men's <laughs> World Cup and they didn't get out of the group stage. So I'm like low-key traumatized, but I have this feeling... I'm a big fan of both teams. So I would love to see either team win this game. For some reason, I think Denmark's going to gonna win this game. This one, I think, is another one of those toughies. Um, yeah. Two in the sense of, I also wonder, though, going on the opposite side for Australia, how much home soil and home fans are going to play into this. Yep. Because that is 100% a factor. We would be like stupid to say that it wasn't a factor because it is for sure. And Australia is going to come in, I think guns blazing as well, but I don't know. I, I think this one could again, go right down to the wire. I don't, it's hard. I don't know. I'm still saying it's almost 50, 50 for me. I, I, I almost feel the same way. You're right. The, the fans are going to be that 12th man, which is something we've been saying this entire world cup for both Australia and New Zealand. Rasso had such a big game against Canada, obviously scoring those two goals. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I feel like it could come down to the wire and yep. Yep. Denmark's just like, I've always known Denmark to be this tough team. Um, and maybe the yeah, I don't know. to get to Australia as you well. never like, know. Who knows? Yeah. You never know. It can go either way, guys. I, I personally am going to say like one nil. Again, I don't think a lot of these games are going to be big no. blowouts. So I, I, I put a little bit more on Denmark. I wonder if they're going to be the underdogs in this game. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Not a lot of people have really talked much about Denmark. Either, I know. So they could we'll do see. it. Yeah. We'll see. So are you picking Australia or Denmark? Oh man. I think I'll combat you on this one, Caroline, and go all okay. okay, perfect. I love it. We'll have some bets on this. <laughs> this is one I definitely, I have no idea. Columbia, oh, Jamaica. No. Oh, God. I don't know what to say. Okay. Let me think. I'm going to, I'm going to say just because of the tournament and year, like we're not even just saying tournament. We're saying the entire year with Linda Casado mm-hmm. playing at the U 17 women's world cup, U 20 and senior women's world cup scoring in every single one of them being the only player to ever do that in a single year. And then coming into the women's world cup in her first two women's world cup games, scoring two goals, that second goal, potentially goal of the tournament against Germany in her debut Amazing. I think Linda Casado kind of continues to carry that Colombian momentum yeah. and and takes this Jamaican side. I, I, I don't want to not give credit to Jamaica because what they're doing is incredible, but I, I mm-hmm. think what they lack is sometimes Buddy Shaw needs to have more opportunities. We didn't yeah. see that against Brazil. So if, if Jamaica are, isn't getting an, enough opportunities on net, because I think they finished the game against Brazil with zero shots on target, mm-hmm. they're going to have a hard time kind of getting past teams now at this point in the Women's World Cup, where I think Colombia has someone like Alinda Casado who can do it. So I think that's what it might come down to, but it could be wrong. Bunny Shaw could score a hat trick. And then I'll, knows? I'll be the happiest person in the world. Who knows <laughs> at this point? Oh, exactly. I, I totally agree with you. I think Colombia is a better offensive team, but Jamaica is a better defensive team. 
um, potentially. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But Columbia, they're scoring goals. But Jamaica, on the other hand, hasn't conceded a goal either. So we'll have to see. I I still think Columbia is going to slightly edge this one out as well. But it's going to be another close call. I think it's going to be another tight game as well. Um, Bunny Shaw, I know we've chatted about her a lot, but she's such an influential person on the pitch. It was some at some point during the Jamaica Brazil game in the group stage and Bunny's in the middle of everybody on the pitch. Basically just yelling is not the right word but it's like yelling in a good way like in a passionate way just being like we're here we are making it like we deserve to be here we are jamaican like we don't give up and they're all being like yeah yeah let's go and i'm like whoa that's some serious vibes major energy positive energy and they came out and they drew brazil so i think it's going to be a tough call i i think it's actually a shame that these two are meeting in the round of 16 i I would have loved these two to meet and maybe like a quarterfinal or something um, a little bit later in the tournament because it's so unfortunate that one of these amazing teams has to go. But I think I still think my gut kind of says Columbia slightly, though. I'm with you, Julia, and I love that you bring up momentum as well for Jamaica because this matters in tournaments, right? Like just like I said about South Africa, these women are riding on a high. They have a lot to prove. They were disbanded back in 2008. You know, Mm -hmm. they, they qualified for their first ever women's world cup in 2019 when they finally got that funding. Thanks to Sadella Marley, Mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're making so many big strides that I, I know that that momentum is with them. Right. And their, their, their energy has been incredible. So they can absolutely push through this game, but I just wonder, I I wonder Mm -hmm. with just the, the unbelievable skill that, you know, Mm -hmm. like a Linda Casado has where, you know, she was in the box against Germany and the patience and confidence that she had to kind of deke a couple of players and strike one of the best balls I've seen Mm -hmm. and score a goal like that. You know, that she's able to do that against any team in this tournament. So we'll see what happens. I, 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 like we've been saying for basically all of these games, it can go either way, but I'm going to slightly put, put my money more mm-hmm. on Columbia, but I could be completely wrong. Yeah. I think this for me is going to be one of the most exciting round of 16. So I'm yeah. Oh excited. yeah. Yeah. France, Morocco, go ahead. Hit us with your pick. Sure. Sounds good. Okay. My heart would love to see Morocco win this yeah. one for so many reasons that we've chatted about on this podcast day in day out. I think that would be the story of the century. I think they're going to go in with a lot of momentum, a lot of excitement, a lot of energy, but personally i just think france their quality their experience on the world stage i don't know i think france is gonna pull through in the end unfortunately for morocco's story but i would love to see morocco go through I I agree. I think if Morocco went through, that would be quite possibly the story of the World Cup. Yes. Uh, And I'm here for that. And I would love to see these women accomplish that. France, on the other hand, you know, again, another top contender at this Women's World Cup is something I want to note is that they let in three goals against Panama. You know, they they won. They won 6-3. But at the same time, like, you know, there might be ways to kind of exploit this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if Morocco has the ability to do that and, and, and kind of mm-hmm. showcase mm-hmm. that in the round of 16. 
think they but I also, I also think that this French team, you know, this is now you're at a different stage in the tournament. Yeah. You're one and done. You, you don't have the luxury to, you know, tie a Jamaica nil nil and, you know, cross your fingers and hope the group mm-hmm. plays out in a way that you, you're going to advance. I think that they are experienced enough to know that, you know, their captain, Wendy Renard, one of the most experienced yeah. and, you know, prolific names in, in women's football, their, their manager Renard, you know, I think that they're going to be well prepared. Mm-hmm. And I do think France takes this, but again, something to note is that, there are pockets where you can score uh, on this French team. And if this Moroccan team is able to kind of create this tactical game plan where that they can put themselves in the right positions to do that, you don't know, you know, we've seen crazier things happen. (laughs) So uh, it'll be a, it'll be a good game to watch. And despite what happens, I'm so proud of Morocco Mm -hmm. and excited to see, you know, what happens and, and who advances. Yeah, completely agree. I just, I love talking about these teams that have made it through. I love talking about the matchups that we are going to watch and experience and soak in over the next few days. But it's also so hard to think about it because some of these teams have done almost the impossible on the world Mm -hmm. stage. So really, guys, anything could happen here. And it's going to be just the most wonderful, wonderful football coming up. I agree. Can't wait to see what happens. I believe round of 16 action starts tonight, our time, right? Maybe tonight your time, but like 1 a.m. my time. Yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, Nonetheless, the middle. For for (laughs) once, Mountain Time is actually serving me to be a little bit better. An 11 p.m. game for me. Yes, Mountain Time, 1 a.m. for you, Julia, Eastern Time. And then, yeah, yeah, right after that, we get uh, Japan, Norway. So that'll be interesting to keep up with. And then, of course, all the other games follow. And we'll be back. I believe next week with more coverage. So thank you for listening to this episode of kickback presented by Betway and enjoy the round of 16, everyone. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend, but what won't change needing health insurance, United healthcare, tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 